Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick, and this show here, we're here to share everyone's story because at the end of the day, everyone's story is valuable to me. Does not matter what walk of life you come from. You're all welcome on this platform. We're here to share stories about mental health, addictions, people from their dark past to see where they were then and where they are today. Let's end the stigma around this shit, guys. Addiction's no joke. Mental health's no joke. Mental illness, that's another no joke. Let's just end the stigma around anything anyone's afraid to talk about today. And let's talk about it today, guys. With no further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my next guest, Mike Trites from the New Brunswick area of Canada. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself, Mike? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show today, Chris. It's much appreciated. Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, Kitchener, Ontario. From a young age, my mother and my father, they were actually 16 and 18 years old when they had me. Now, they split up about a couple of years uh, after I was born, and that left a broken bridge in my soul that I didn't know I had. And I... Throughout my entire life, from a kid to my teenage years, I was always looking for that acceptance, and I could never find it. I started hanging out with the gang, family members. Through a family member, I met a man who was in the Satan's Choice in Kitchener, and that really, that's when my life started to go really downhill. I started selling drugs from marijuana to cocaine to ecstasy you name it, I started selling it and I just had no purpose. I was always looking for acceptance from people in the wrong place. I came from a good family. My parents, my mother actually left my real father when I was two, but she met a man when I was about five, his name's Carrie and really good people did the best they could, but I still had that need for that acceptance because I never even met my real father. So it brought in that old wound from young age that I wasn't loved, I wasn't good enough. So I always fueled with trying to use drugs and stuff to feel better. With me selling drugs, I always had people uh, coming to me, trying to be popular and stuff that I thought was important. Hang out with the, the cool high school kids who I thought were my friends, but really, a lot of those people weren't my friends. And when the tough times came, it seemed like everybody disappeared. So yeah, I came from a good home. My parents did the best they had. We moved around a lot. That was a big deal for me. Like even today, when I have to move or something, it still activates that old wound inside of me and that I still feel like I'm not good enough. But today, I'm proud to say I've changed my life. I gave my heart to the Lord. I finally hit rock bottom in New Brunswick. I, I did move to New Brunswick when I was 19, trying to try the geographical change, which that only lasted probably a year at the most. And I started to get back into my old stuff. I started using cocaine again. I tried methamphetamine. I was taking about 25 speed pills a day just to function at work. And then nighttime, if I got an hour or two hours of sleep for the night, I was lucky. So just going to work, a complete mess, missing probably a week every month of my work just because... I was using drugs and I couldn't face my employer. I was making a lot of money at Taylor Ford Lincoln selling cars. I sold cars there for about 10 years. And there was a big part of that kept me in my addiction because I was making so much money. 
even with missing one week out of every month, I was still making 80 to $105,000 a year. And in Monk, that's a lot of, there was a lot of denial attached to my problem. I always projected onto others. Everyone else was the problem. I'm not the problem. So I finally hit rock bottom. It came to the point that I started going to jail. I started to get arrested. I was with a woman for 15 years. I was a monster to her. I emotionally, physically, you name it, abused her throughout the years. And I finally came to that point where I just wanted to die. I could go on and on about all the, the bad things that, ha you know, that I went through in my addiction. But the main thing that I want to glorify today is God. And I came to a point that I got on my knees. I cried out to God for help. And a week later, I was on the phone calling a rehab or a regeneration program called the Village of Hope in Upper Tracy, New Brunswick. So I called there. I went for an appointment and they said, pack your bags, bring your stuff. If you're accepted, we'll take you that day. Well, that was the day that COVID shut down the Village of Hope. So I end up two hours away from my home to this appointment. And they said, today, Mike, we can't let you in. We are quarantined. I said, oh no, what am I going to do? So I slept on my Nan's couch. Those two months were really bad. I recall walking around, looking at trees because I wanted to hang myself. It was that bad. And then finally, after two months, I was calling every single day to a lady named Shelly at the Village of Hope. And it got to the point that Finally, I heard the Lord's voice tell me, you're going to the village of hope. So I called the village. I told them this. And within a week, I was at the village of hope for the 10 month regeneration program. That was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Cause I had no hope at all. I didn't see a future, just wanting to die all the time, looking like death. I had to face myself at the village of hope, a lot of accountability. It's such a great ministry, five minute phone call once every week, no TVs, no cell phones, nothing. It was a real good time for me to concentrate on my relationship, building my relationship with God and just transforming my life. So that being said, I'm really definitely proud of this. This is my graduation certificate from the village of hope. I did complete the 10 month program. And I actually stayed on for another, yes, thank you, brother. I stayed on for another two months for the transition period, but Andrew, the director of the village of hope actually helped me secure employment. And the last thing I wanted to do was go back to Moncton, my old stomping grounds where I was really in my addiction and all my old friends and stuff like that. So. I decided that Fredericton was going to be my new home. I've secured a job at Daly's Brand Source Home Furnishings. So now I'm selling furniture and I'm really thankful where I'm at. I work for great owners. They're Christians as well. And part of my testimony there that I didn't share was a, a big thing for me was we measure addiction, not by the grams or ounces we take. It's by how our relationships are affected doesn't matter if you take one gram or if you're an ounce user a day, it's about how we affect our relationships. And that being said, all my relationships were pretty much gone. If I needed help, 
I really didn't have anyone to call. But going through the village of Hope, sending forgiveness letters to my mother, my father, my aunt, my grandparents, you name I'm proud to say today that I talk to my parents almost every day on the phone. They actually call me, which is surprising because before... When I was in my addiction, I've even talked to mom about it. She said, oh, Mike, we didn't know what you wanted. I was always calling, wanting something, always calling, wanting money, or she was even scared to pick up the phone to get that phone call that I was in jail again or deed again, because I did spend a week in the hospital with kidney failure because I'm on pill. This is, it's just, it's, I'm so proud of myself, but it's nothing that I did really. It's all God. And I want to make that clear. Everything has started falling into place when I gave my heart to the oh. Lord. Yeah, man. It, it's so, it's such a beautiful, uh, God may be a sensitive man. Well, that's amazing, Mike. So, I, I really I love what you're with everything. No, it, it's amazing to see the transformation when I, just so you guys know, a little transparency here. Mike and I go way back, man. Like he actually grew up on my street. He didn't grow up my whole life, but we grew up, he came to my street in, in, in grade school at some point. And we started hanging out and hanging out with the wrong crowds, doing fucked up things. And it's just nice to see these transformations of all these people that I've come across over time. We hadn't had contact in a long time because we were both doing our own thing in our own active addictions at the time. He was in Eastern Canada. I'm up here in Southwest Ontario, both doing the same types of things and deepened our addiction. And at the end of the day, the message here, guys, is we're all powerless over anything. It's a matter of getting down on your knees, whatever God you believe in, whatever your higher power is. It doesn't have to be God, just so you know. And I'm not knocking down God or Jesus here. Who, whatever you believe in, just pray to something. My higher power, to be honest, is my kids and this earth we live on. That's my higher power today. If it wasn't for my kids, and even my partner, I wouldn't be here today either. By the grace of God, I'm here today, though. I'll tell you that. Because if it wasn't for hey, these certain people in my life pushing me and supporting me and having my ass every day, believing in me when I was down at my, my deepest addiction and stuff like that, I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead in a ditch. I'd be in jail. I'd be in the morgue. Someone coming to identify me, that type of thing. But today, we're here to share these stories and stuff like that. And, and I'm super proud of Mike. I just want to say that one thing. One thing I want to say to you though, and ask you, what are your values today? And how are you being true to them, Mike? My values changed a lot once I gave my heart to the Lord from lying to stealing, to manipulating, deceiving. Now today I do my best to follow God's way, the word. I definitely want to spread the message of hope because I had none. So today. I definitely stand by my family where before I didn't really care about family. It was all personal gain. So my values today have changed complete 180. <laughs> that That's amazing, man. It's nice to have good values and those core values really hold you and show the person you are today and having those core values in your life. And, and I like, I want to take it back to a little earlier too, where you talked about having no one to fall back on. I really feel you there. Like when I got clean and sober the last time in November of 2019, I like how you say you had no one to fall back on because I had no one either other than my parents, my brother, my kids, and my partner and her family. And I actually went as far as deleting everything out of my phone. 
I changed my phone number. I was done with this. I had the same phone number for 20 plus years. I was enough. And I haven't had contact with any of those people. And if someone popped up in my feed that on my social media or something that I knew I didn't want there, delete and block. End of story. Don't have to see them again. You know, I don't go back to those old neighborhoods that I used to hang out in. You don't find me at crack houses anymore. You don't find me walking the streets late at night looking for drugs. You find me at home in bed at a decent time, getting a decent sleep, getting up in the morning and starting my day with purpose and going to the gym, starting my day by writing my affirmations, writing my gratitude list. That, that's purpose to me today in life. You know, get, calling my kids every day or trying to at least, you know, talk Hallelujah. to them every day, whether it's my son who's a teenager with a phone or calling my daughter mother's phone and giving her a chat once in a while just staying connected with the people that support cut out the negativity that type of stuff what do you need more of in your life though mike what do i need more of in my life it's a constant battle to surrender to what the lord's put on your heart so each and every day, I need to continue to not walk in my flesh, but walk in my spirit as I'm more aware of things today, which is today I see, I see the situation I was in with others. So now I, I want to be that guy that gives hope. So I'm part of a group called the Kingsway. We go around and feed the homeless, offer a testimony. I'm actually the only guy in the group. There's about six to eight of us in the group. And I'm the only guy that has walked through addiction. What I need more of in my life is just to, to continue to surrender what the Lord puts on my heart and stop walking in my flesh. Nice. I, I really like that. I love that you go out and give back to the community, whether it's feeding the homeless. I really, that, that really touches me because when I see people knocking these people out there, whether they're in active addiction or living on the streets, that could be you or I in five minutes, sir, you're only a few steps away from being just like them as well. So you should be grateful that you have a roof over your head, food in your fridge, you know, have a job. Just if you don't have money to offer, that's okay. Not everyone has money to offer, but maybe if you can just stop and talk to them for five minutes, that would make someone's day. That makes someone's day. Just asking them how they're doing. I love when people Absolutely. get random messages. Just like I get, when I go, how are you doing today? How's your mental health? Absolutely. I love sending messages. If you recall, Chris, I sent you one about a month ago telling you I loved you. And I tend to go through my chat list and tell random people that I love you. And I need them to know that because my heart, I feel for people and I surround myself with good people now. People headed in the same direction. That's the big thing. I don't want to get sucked uh, back into the old crowds. I'm not saying I would. I'm still walking in the flesh at times when I got to be in the spirit. And you don't want to put yourself in those situations. Exactly. Have, I love having structure in my day today. Because if I don't have structure, like, I just got a planner, a time management planner, because I'm brutal at time management. So if I have structure through my day, whether, and, and I mark it out, even as simple things as having a shower, having cleaning, giving a quick sweep, making your bed every day, that creates discipline. Making your bed when you wake up though, not just making it whenever you feel like. When you get out of bed, make that bed right away. That's discipline. Give the house a quick sweep before I leave. 
wash the counters down, clean up the dishes, and then it's a clean house when you get home. Just create structure and discipline in your life with those simple little things. And it goes a long way, I find, for sure. So it sounds like you're creating lots of good structure in your life and whatnot. Which leads me into my next question, Mike. Does God have supreme power? God has, God can move mountains. God can change a person like me from death to life and to be giving back and giving hope to others. So it's nothing I did because I tried mental health. I tried detox. I tried, I went to prison. I've done, I tried everything. I tried NA, I tried AA, and I'm not knocking those groups at all. If it works for you, great. But me, it took me surrendering my heart to the Lord. And yes, he has superpowers. He's the God almighty. He's the only one that could do it for me. So the rest of my life is to glorify the Lord and share the good news. I like that you say that. And I like that you don't per se push it on people because there's some people out there with religion and Jesus, it's just down, down your throat. But do you ever have people come at you and say, Hey Mike, that maybe that's a little too much. I don't like to hear about that. Or can you maybe not say so much of that to me and, and, and you respect their wishes? I find the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people get, some people have come to me and say, I get turned off by going to the Lord or something because people have tried shoving it down my throat. Well, you can never change someone by direct action. I don't care what you do, you can't change them. But as you start to change, others around you start to change by the grace of God. So all I ever do, Chris, is I share my testimony, what the Lord's done for me. And if that person says, you know what, I'd like to follow the Lord, then I'll walk you through the prayer and stuff. But I ain't shoving nothing down the throat because I know it never worked for me. I always had my parents, my, my grandmother, friends telling me, you need to change. You need to change your life. That wasn't going to work for me. I had to finally say, okay, I'm ready to do whatever it, I need to do to change my life. So that's the biggest thing that I find. You got to let you, you can't shove anything down anybody's throat. You got to let them come to you. So I just continue even with my Facebook posts, sharing about what God's done in my life, how amazing God is. We go to the worship barn every Friday night. That's how I spend my Friday nights now. I go to the worship barn, glorify the Lord. And Pastor Brian is completely on fire for God. It's amazing watching him share the message. And then Sunday, we go to Hope City Church. That's my home church. And as well, Tuesday nights, I was going to celebrate recovery, which is an amazing group. It's, it's like N.A., but it's the God version where we worship the Lord for three songs. And then they share either a teaching or a testimony, what's God's done. And then you meet up in small groups. And that's actually where I met my Christian girlfriend. So I finally met an amazing woman who loves Jesus. And life's just, everything's just fallen into place now that I finally am doing the right things. That's amazing. It's amazing to see what life does for you. And I like that you say that you can't shove things down people's throats. You can't have people telling you, you need change. You need change. Same for me. Like I had the same thing going on in my life, whether it was friends, family, 
but you have to want that change inside you. It all starts on the inside here and then it works its way out. And if you want the change, you'll go get it. When you feel it's time to change, you're going to want it. It was time for me to change. When I started doing like I, at 36 years old, you're still doing the same shit over and over again. What happens when you keep doing the same thing over again? It doesn't fucking change. So it was time for me to change from the inside out and start changing the people around me, the places I was going, the things I was doing. That's where the change needed to start and admitting that I was powerless over something, whatever it was. And once I admitted that I had a problem, not everyone else was the problem. Like you said earlier, I was the problem. I, the drugs weren't the problem. I was the problem. Once, once I started yes. changing that and have that in my head, that mentality in my head, things started to change. I started to see small changes in life, mm -hmm. bigger changes. And all right, what do I want to do with my life? And I'm, I have a gift to gab. I, people kept telling me that you should go into sales. I've never done sales before in my life. And I said, you know what? Why not? What's it? What do I got to lose? Go get my car, car license. And away I went like the pandemic put a little halt on that, but now we're a year in and I can't, I really can't complain, you know, yep. I'm usually, and I, and I don't even go to the top of the leaderboard and look, oh, I'm at the top. I can care less where I am. Numbers don't mean anything to me. As long as I'm building friendships, building relationships, it's all about helping people and those types of things and what I do today, helping them solve a problem. That's what it's all about. The biggest thing that Mike, there's a part in the Bible. Yeah. Who do you look for advice or mentorship? I think I know the answer already, but I want to hear your answer. Number one, the Lord time of prayer. I get a lot of answers, but I also have a great group of mentors around. I stay firmly connected with the village of hope because that's where I changed my life. So I have Andrew, the director who still pours into my life. Sean, my mentor from the village. Greg, my mentor from the village. Mitch. Then we even got the receptionist, Shelly, from the village of Hope. And then that's, so I haven't even touched on my Christian girlfriend, my Christian parents-in-law, my family, who are good people too. And they're starting to, my mom's even starting to pray. My dad told me he prays. It's such a beautiful thing to watch that everything's just fallen into place now. Dude, would, did Carrie start praying that Mike would get his ass in gear here? <laughs> yeah. And it's so amazing. Like even my girlfriend's name's Tanya. She, she said, isn't it amazing, Mike, your parents call all the time. And my, it was funny because my mom won a bit of money last week and she knew I was going to the graduation on Sunday to watch two men graduate the 10 month program. And she ended up sending me $60 to give them $30 each. And it's such a nice feeling inside knowing that my mom can trust me that I'm going to hand over that $30 each and not just pocket it. Like I probably would have in the past. Such a great feeling. I, I feel you there too. Like I, same thing for me. Like my parents can trust me again. They can send money and know it's going to get to the right place or they can rely on me to pay my bills. I don't, I'm not running asking them for money for my child support anymore. I'm not running, asking them for money to pay my rent. Like I'm doing it on my own now. I don't, I've, I haven't asked or asked to borrow money or any of that. And I don't know how long now. And, and it's just a great feeling to have 
to mature and uh, have that independence and people can trust in you again. You know, it's just so nice to have that feeling inside you that people actually trust you. People rely on you now. People can rely on me to show up every day. I'm not like yourself earlier saying you're missing a week of work here and there every month. I was the same way or I would just stop showing up and on to the next job and then do it all over again a couple of months later. It was just the same thing over and over. Now I've held a job down for a year straight for the first time in a long time. Hallelujah. It's one of those things, Chris, that I used to, it's one of those things that I used to, and this is clearly in the Bible. You can't have two masters. I used to, I, my master used to be money and I was a big taker. If anybody had something and I could personally gain from it, I would take. Now I'm proud to say God's given me a heart to be a giver. You know, it, if it means giving my time to help others, even financially, I became a hope sponsor at the village of hope to support. Uh, a man or a woman in recovery. And I support that every month, as well as I attend the, all their functions. Like with the, we had a pancake breakfast. I went there before work. I actually bought my entire company. I brought them all in breakfast for Saturday morning last week. And it just feels good to be a giver now instead of a taker. And I like that you say that too. I heard a quote this morning, actually, it was aspire not to make a big living, aspire to make a difference. Amen. So time guys, before we end off here, it's time for that WTF question of the day here, guys, Mike, have you ever been arrested? And if so, what for which time <laughs> I've probably been to the drunk tank. I'd probably say about 10 times. I've been arrested for assault with a weapon. I've been arrested for arson. I've been arrested. I can't even count how many times I've been arrested. The nice thing though, I'm never going to be arrested by again. the grace of God. Exactly. And by the grace of God, you will, you're giving back now. You're not taking like you were just saying and doing all this stupid stuff. You have, you're in the right frame of mind to know right from wrong now. All the times that I was arrested at the drunk tank myself or in trouble with the police was always under the influence of drugs or alcohol. That's not the human Chris is. That's not the human Mike is. We're both caring, loving individuals. But when I'm on drugs or alcohol or any mind and mood altering substance, all bets are off. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I can't predict any of it. I just, uh, I can tell you though that stupid shit's going to happen. Now I want to touch on, it's funny you brought that up about being arrested. That's actually the first encounter that I gave my heart to the Lord. It was through a man named Tony Scholten. He came into the jail. And I said, I'm going to check out the church service. And I went and God really touched me. And I gave my heart to the Lord while I was in jail. So me being arrested was actually a blessing. Nice. That's amazing, man. And super proud of you for doing that and taking that leap of faith and in jail there. Before we go, Mike, if anyone wants to follow you, your journey, where's the best place to find you? Best place to find me is on Facebook. I, my name is Michael Trites, but I go by Michael Anthony just to keep some of the old friends away, just to start a new profile. So feel free to follow me. Hopefully my story would give someone hope 
and just to give their heart to the Lord. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Thanks again for coming on the show today, buddy. I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, man, and take care. Take care. Thanks, Chris. Love you. Love you too, buddy. I hope you all got something out of today's episode with Mike Trites and his beautiful journey. I learned about spirituality, recovery, and what it takes just to give back to everyone around you and to show love, compassion. If you guys could please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review for the show, it'd be greatly appreciated. A little bit about the next guest, Juliana Campbell. She's an amazing up-and-coming content creator and influencer out of Calgary, Alberta. She's body about body positivity. She used to be into fitness and all that stuff, but her eating disorder took over. But she took the power back from her body and shows what it's all about to just give back to her community, to her following, and show body positivity and live within the body that you have and be okay with that body. I cannot wait to share this episode with Juliana Campbell with you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay safe and be good out there, folks. Remember, everyone's story is valuable to me. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from.